It's the Almost Perfect Podcast. Welcome to the Almost Perfect Podcast, a celebration of fuck-ups, failures, and falling flat on your face. You know the rest. You, you've heard this podcast before. You, you, you know how the intro goes. How you doing, by the way? You celebrating? You feeling good? I assume you're probably in a pretty good mood. Like, judging by Twitter, at least, you know? Like, FW Declare's death has given South Africans many... No, just one reason. <laughs> I was going to say, many reasons to celebrate. It's kind of just one reason to celebrate. It's also, like... Uh, I don't know, uh, Dylan Oliphant's, like, posted a good joke, it was weird, because, like, earlier today, I was gonna post a joke, well, I wasn't gonna post a joke, I was, I was writing a joke, because I don't post jokes on the internet anymore, I save them to tell to people, and then I never get to, but I was gonna post, like, I can't believe you guys, you know, are rejoicing that FW Declare died of cancer, should have been the firing squad. And, uh, yeah, Dylan Oliphant's posted, it's, uh, sad that, it's, uh, I'm gonna butcher the joke, but the wording is something like, it's sad that FW Clegg died in his home, it should have been in a jail. So, I feel that's the kind of sentiment at the moment when it comes to the death of FW Clegg. It's like, cool, finally, but also, about fucking damn time. Like, you know, some justice could have happened at any point in the last... 30 odd years or so, but justice is an esoteric concept that doesn't really exist. And uh, yeah, any reading of history will will tell you that. that it's very rare that you, you get justice in this world. And this is just another one of those examples. But same time, ding dong, the witch is dead. So hey, something to something to feel good about for a brief moment. And then, then we can get back to, oh, fuck. Now we've got to deal with the consequences of this man's actions. I mean, yeah, it wasn't just him. But, you know, it was also a lot to him. Especially the transition era. Like, people, like, especially my people, white people, the the general sentiment is that, oh, FW the Clark helped, you know, transition things. But I feel like they don't know their fucking history. And they don't know how much FW the Clark, like, put down resistance and instigated a lot of the violence that happened in KwaZulu Natal. And yeah, there's just that man's uh <laughs> that that man's sins are many. So yeah. I mean there is no hell, so it's like this is kind of, like him dying isn't even like a good thing. Like it's like he didn't like I mean I guess he suffered a little cancer sucks. Like I've seen that firsthand. But even good people die of cancer. So, I don't know. Like, I'm not, like, personally, I'm, like, I'm stoked for all the people that are stoked, if that makes sense. But it feels pointless and empty and, like, a miscarriage of justice that he never really faced any sort of trial. And that many of the people from apartheid got away with a lot of shit because of the TRC. And... Walk amongst us. Uh, so, cool. So that's the intro for today's podcast. I, I figure you figure that there's no guest today. I am up in Joburg. I am visiting my mom and my gran again. Basically just giving my mom some relief. Like helping out a little. 
they do have a carer in during the day, but like my mom works all day. She's working from home, but she works all day and then, you know, basically spends the rest of the night looking after my gran and feeding animals and washing up and all of that sort of stuff. So since I didn't hear back from that job and, you know, I didn't need to be in Durban at the moment, I was like, you know what, I'll come up and I can I can help a bit. So came up already, I cooked tonight and tomorrow I'm going to do a bunch of housework. I'm going to put up some mirrors and frames and fix some things and all of that. So yeah, I'm up here for, I don't know how long, just I'm up here. It'll probably be a week or two. And yeah, it's been, I mean, it's just been a day, but it's already been pretty great. My grand's doing much better. Uh, from her stroke, as you probably know about. Uh, she's, yeah, she's been improving a lot. She's got this pool noodle that she can actually hold with her left hand now and, like, squeeze it a bit. And the last time I was here, you know, holding anything with her left hand was a struggle. And she can walk around a lot more. She doesn't need a walker. So things are things are looking up. Things are good in that regard. And then, yeah, my mom... Mom and I have been talking quite a bit. I think she likes when I come up, so she just has someone new to talk to. But, you know, when I was younger, I used to get a little frustrated, I think, when my mom would just tell me everything. But these days, I kind of appreciate it, and I've kind of learned to... I've kind of just learned that, yeah, that's a sign of love, you know? She wants to share herself with me. She wants to let me know what's going on in her life, and, like... You know, it's a good thing. But when you're younger, I guess you don't really appreciate that. You kind of are like, oh, I want to get back to playing my game. I don't want to don't wanna be on the phone talking to my mom. Ugh. So, yeah, that's changed, I guess. And, yeah, it's it's been nice. Had a bit of a weird week. Been feeling weird about some things. Lots of things I want to talk about. But yeah, just in a yeah, just in a bit of a limboy headspace and space space, I guess. And yeah, just just dealing with that. But I recently put out an essay on almostperfect.co.za called Why I Love Wrestling and then in brackets again. As some of you know, I am a lifelong wrestling fan, but there have been some times where I've been a little bit embarrassed to admit that. Lately, not so much. I know you probably imagine wrestling as just WWE, but there is so much more out there. And if you read my article, you will see what I see a little bit. But mostly there's this company called AEW, All Elite Wrestling. And in terms of Americanized wrestling, they've really helped grow the industry immensely. Like in the last two years, they've really created an interesting and cool product that I really enjoy. So I wrote about why it's gotten me stoked again, why it's gotten me amped on the silly, silly, silly fucking art form that I absolutely adore. I think wrestlers are <laughs> some of the most interesting people that you could possibly like find. I mean, just the concept alone, like it's acting, but it's, like football, like, you know, like MMA, 
Like, it's a weird combo of all these things. It's like pretend fighting. Like, but it still hurts. You're still, you know, doing a lot of crazy stuff. But what I love is all the creativity to it from like the entrances, you know, even just thinking of like the little hand signals that you do or the little like dance, like, you know, the Ginyu Force <laughs> um, pose that you do each time you come out, like all the little things, like all the, there's so many creative aspects to it. So that's why, yeah, I love wrestling. And I wrote an article about it that you can read on the website. I don't need to go around telling you about that. I've literally wrote about it. But, you know, as long as you listen to this podcast, as long as you interact with me, you'll probably occasionally hear the odd thing about uh, professional wrestling. Um, the new Mark Marin is very good. It's all about cancel culture, which I have opinions on, I guess. Everyone's got opinions on it, but I felt like this podcast really helped to put stuff into context. And that's also the thing, I guess. It's like, when... So for me, I've, like, read How to Talk Dirty and Influence People by Lenny Bruce more times in any book like at this point i think i mean i've read it quite a few times like i've literally read it like multiple times just in the last two years so i kind of get what like in that regard you know it's by proxy what censorship is what it means when the state itself is trying to shut you the fuck up because lenny bruce was actually put in jail and many people have been put in jail for the things that they say and that is censorship that is being cancelled like properly like the shit now where you say something and other people say something that's called free speech like on both sides that's how it works like that's the whole thing like you don't get to get on a stage with a microphone and just talk and go cool I'm done now and we're done no, you've created a piece of art and now we discuss the art. We we enjoy the art first or we don't enjoy the art, but we take in the art and then we go, huh. So about that art, not for me or I really fucking love that. And this is why I loved it or this is why I hated it. This is why it's good for the culture. This is why it's bad for the culture. And then we carry on. That's literally the whole fucking point of art. But when you start by going, here's my art, and if you disagree with me, you're wrong, and you're trying to cancel me, and ideologically, you're a fucking, you know, along the line of the Nazis, and all of that shit, then like, <laughs> what are you really saying? What are you really doing? What is the fucking point of anything? So, I enjoyed the new Mark Maron episode, because it definitely helped to solidify some of the ideas that I already kind of had it's weird like you know how that works but it's also it's not like I'm new to these conversations it's not like I've always been on this side of the conversation <gasps> what Bob's not always been a woke bloke no <laughs> not fucking even like it wouldn't even take you that long to like go through my tweets to find shit that like my my, my old twitter account to find shit that could probably you know make me have a public apology or something but like not gonna happen because whatever i'm not 
I'm not big enough or important enough to get in trouble for the things I say, I think. I mean, there's people who are more important and whatever in the rungs of South African comedy who say and do horrendous shit and nothing ever happens to them. So I highly doubt unless, you know, there was a, a reason behind it that anyone would actually cancel me. But what I'm saying is that, yeah, like I've said and done ridiculous things. It's kind of the whole thing of being a little bit younger is you you figure things out. And I mean, I'm still young. I'm only 34. Like I'm going to still be wrong about things and I'm cool with that. And so are other people. The thing is when you keep attached to bad ideas and then you're like telling everyone else that they're wrong when they're actually right. And like society's like moved forward and you haven't, and you're like now trying to make money off of that because you're like, oh, cancel culture is bad. I'm being canceled. Come watch me being canceled at this show and come watch me being canceled at that show. And tickets are $100 and you can catch me exclusively at this place and I'll be doing autographs here. I'm so fucking canceled, you know? <laughs> and it's also just fucking boring. There's so much more important shit to talk about. There's so much bigger shit happening in this world like i don't know if you know about it but uh the ice caps are fucking melting and you want to talk about cancel culture you said after talking about cancel culture for many minutes but i mean that's the fucking truth it's like you want to talk about like identity politics and all this shit when yes they're real and they impact life and like i mean it's important for many different aspects to discuss them. But at the same time, like when people who are not living those lives, people who are not like experienced or knowledgeable with the experience of different identities and that, that's when it gets a little tricky and that's when it gets a little fucking boring from the outside because you're just using stereotypes that, you know, like you don't know anything about but you know what's fun and cool and interesting is when people from those identities tell you things and they tell you jokes and you get to laugh at them like you know how fun it is like when queer people and trans people and black people and people of many different races and many different agendas get on stage and they tell their experience and you get to fucking laugh about it. That's amazing. You get to learn. You get to... I've had my fucking, like, experience of life, like, improved so much by people getting on stage and sharing their shit and making me laugh. But when you want to fucking laugh at other people, like, that aren't your people, you got to be fucking careful about it. Because guess what? Throughout history, that has tended to be, uh... Yeah, it's tended to be wrong. Like, you're, you're almost always on the wrong side of history when you try to ostracize a section of the population who are already ostracized. It's like that meme of, uh, are we the baddies? It's like, yeah, you're the fucking baddies, man. You're, you're, you guys are the baddies. But, yeah. as I say, I'm kind of tired of all the culture war shit 
because even that's one of the things that comes up in the Mark Maron podcast, I guess, or one of the things that like it highlighted for me was just like the shit is very cyclical. Like this, what you can say, what you can't say. And basically, especially in the last like hundred and odd years, you know, one of the great things, I sorry, I'm going to diverge a little. One of the great things that's been said on this podcast was Tani Mungwe saying, you know, that we're negotiating um, collective ideals. I think that was it. Or nego- yeah, negotiating something. I think it was ne- collective ideals, but I might be wrong about that. You can go back and listen to the Tiny Mungwe podcast to hear whether or not I'm correct about that. But that's the thing. We're still negotiating what works and what doesn't. Like we are a cross-cultural, cross-everything society at this point through the internet, through colonization, you know, through all these things, we have found ourselves super interconnected with each other. And we now have to actually kind of think a little bit. Because it's also like people are just putting shit out in public that they used to at least say in fucking private. But now people are just saying the quiet parts out loud. And that's that's its own thing. But... <laughs> The point that I guess I want to make is that these lines have always been there in some form or another. The whole line in terms of comedy of having someone to pick on that's not like you. Because once again, if you go listen to Mark Maron's podcast, but also you read any book on the history of fucking comedy or any book on history, you'll know that people like to have in-groups and out-groups, and they like to make fun of the fucking out-group. And as time goes on, society goes, hey, the out-group's actually cool, because the out-group fights very hard to become part of the in-group through lots of legislature, through protests, through being fucking murdered, all those things, you know? All, All those fun, casual chilled things that you need to do to see your humanity fucking recognized. And each time, you know, minority group, each time someone is being picked on, is like, hey guys, you're kind of fucking picking on me here and it sucks. Like, my life's already pretty shitty. Don't know if you've noticed the whole power structures that are in place are kind of against me. And now you're reinforcing those power structures and that's kind of shitty. And then the people are like, well, fuck you. No, that's not going to happen. And then, you know, 10, 15, 20 years later, history, you know, shows that the people who were like, no, were wrong. Like, this is literally just happened over and over again. Like, I didn't realize just how much. But, you know, it's happened with Irish people, with Jewish people, with black people, with gay people, with many different things where people are considered outsiders and then slowly but surely brought into the fold through, as I said, Lots of uh, pain and uh, suffering on their behalf. So, cancel culture sucks. Or whatever. Um, Last week I said I read a book by Robert Keane. I did not. I read a book by Andrew Keane. That book was called The Internet is Not the Answer. This week I've been reading his other book called How to Fix the Future. When you are halfway through it, so... Can't tell you how to fix the future just yet. Some of the stuff he suggests, not that into just yet. Like he goes to Estonia and their idea of uh, how to run things is very much not how I want to run them. They're like, 
everything is super public like public records are public and go read the book yourself or just read up on Estonia to figure out what their vibe is but at the same time you can see what the government's doing to you so there's at least that which is kind of nice but I just don't like being spied on constantly so not for me personally you know I'm, 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 I'm out I'm tapping out of that not not going to live in Estonia just yet. Might open a business there though, because you can become a resident of Estonia without living in Estonia. Which is why reading is what? Fundamental. Uh, yeah, you can learn a lot from reading. I've also been reading, I read on the plane today. I started like, yeah, I was that guy who brought a book on the plane, even though I read books on my phone mostly these days. But I wanted everyone on the plane to know that I was reading a book. Like, at the end of the day, that's it. That's the cold, hard facts of the matter. I can lie to you. I can I can say, oh, I've been wanting to read this for a long time. And I have. I'm reading a Kurt Vonnegut's Breakfast of Champions. And it's super funny. And every time I read Vonnegut, I'm just like, this dude's the fucking best. Like, holy shit. Like, how, why am I not reading more Vonnegut? Like, I was reading Douglas Adams' uh, Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul or whatever. And I got a quarter of the way through it, probably. And, like, I just haven't carried on. Because, I don't know, man. Like, some like I love Douglas Adams. Don't get me wrong. But, like, one of God's, like, way of writing sci-fi and writing about time and history. And, like, it's fucking interesting. It's very cool. It's very, very highly recommended on my behalf. But as I was saying, I kind of also just... Brought the book because I wanted everyone at the airport to know that I've got good taste. I've, I do this a lot. Like, it's a little thing that's, like, a little subconscious thing <laughs> that I do. Like, I always, like, read book books when I fly because I want the other people, all the plebs on the plane to know that uh, we got a reader over here. Oh, shout out to Bill Hicks. Next time, next time I fly, I'm gonna take my Bill Hicks book, and then then we can get very meta with it. I assume some of you don't know the Bill Hicks uh, reader, but but just just go Google that. What are you reading for, Bill Hicks? And learn a little bit of comedy history, and also yeah, just if you ever see like a Kurt Vonnegut book anywhere, do yourself the favor, pick that thing up. Fucking greatest like. One of the greatest authors ever. Like, totally daddy. Like, totally someone who I'm just like, man, you fucking get it, dude. You get it. And he's just... He writes in a way that I am so jealous of. (laughs) And I imagine so many people are because it's kind of simplistic, but at the same time, super fucking deep. And really just lets things unfold but like, okay, so here's what Vonnegut does really well, is he plays with time a lot, so he'll tell you what's going to happen in the beginning of the book. Like, in almost every book he writes, or at least in every book I've read of his, he tells you at the beginning, here's some of the things going to happen, and throughout the story, he tells you, like, this is what's going to happen. Like, as things are happening, he puts it in context with a thing that's going to happen later. Like, I find them very interesting and thoroughly enjoyable, so... I don't know if I've sold it properly to you, but trust me, if you're into sci-fi that's not like super sci-fi and that's really clever and that's 
just yeah, we'll have you going the whole way through. Like, oh, that's nice. Oh, oh, what a what a nice paragraph. Oh, good line that. Oh, lovely. If uh, you want to read books and make you sound Australian, then you need to read Kurt Vonnegut. Um. Oh yeah, uh, got a shout out on the all that Yaz podcast. Yaz the student on the internets. He has a podcast called All That Yaz. Listened to a couple of episodes before, but this time I got tagged. So I was like, oh, I'll go to listen to that. And yeah, he shouted out a bunch of different things that you should check out. So go check that out. Thinks I swear a little bit too much, which is probably fair. But I've always known that I'm an acquired taste. So I'm not too stressed about it. I know. I'm not. I know. I know. I'm not for everyone. But the people who fuck with me, fuck with me in the best ways. And if you want to fuck with me, and um, fuck with me. I mean, support me on the podcast. You can go to patreon.com forward slash almost perfect where we have got a tier. It is called the titular titles tier. Now, this is a $10 tier. It is the top tier and it is the tier where I get to shout you out. You get to pick your title right here at almost perfect media. The little, little something to put on the CV there. And uh, yeah, you get shouted out on this podcast every single week. So shout outs to our director of purchasing. That is, of course, Riz Ventura. Shout outs to Julian, our king. Shout outs to the almost perfect hedge fund manager. That is Karan Slemon, aka Parable. Go listen to the episode of the podcast with him. Uh, shout outs to Russell Grant, who is our Far East correspondent. Shout outs to Karan Chetty, the assistant to the regional manager. Shout outs to our key grip. That is, of course, Neil Green, another ex guest of the podcast, someone who you can get to know a little better by uh, scrolling through your feed. Shoutouts to Kath Jenkin, another ex-guest of the podcast. Crazy. Inevitable ruler of the universe and Queen Swifty. It's almost like people come on the podcast, have such a great time that they're like, I need to give this dude some money. Like that was that was a good time. So shoutouts to all of you who have been on the podcast and decided to do that. And shoutouts to all of you who haven't, including Tyron Love, who is the pantsless weasel. Shoutouts, of course, to our Chief Sales Officer of Subtle Heresies in the Greater Overberg region. That is Rousseau. Shoutouts to Stephen Olafia, our Executive Producer. Shoutouts to our Spiritual Advisor, Vishandra Nader. And shoutouts to our Anonymous Benefactor. Lastly, shoutouts to you. I hope you have a good weekend, slash week, slash day, slash hour, slash your slash however that friend song goes and uh i'll catch you on the flip side